Good morning, Game Changers, and welcome to Life Church X live stream. As many of you know, we are now in our second week of online services only. And there are a lot of things that have certainly been challenging, but one of the things that is a positive is that this has forced us to really make improvements and strides forward with a lot of our video capabilities and quality. I hope that you're noticing that today while you tune in. Just want to thank all of our awesome media team uh, for all of the help that they've put into helping us to move things forward. It certainly seems like a lot of things are uh, changing right now. Maybe even you feel like in these moments that life is kind of being put on hold. I mean, let's face it, there are a lot of people who their job situations are kind of on hold right now. Social distancing and just our social interaction is on hold right now. Kind of like a pause button has been pressed. Life as we know it in a lot of cases seems to be on pause. But I want to encourage you with this this morning as we begin, that God is not thrown off by things in the slightest bit. He's not scrambling around trying to figure out how he's going to react to this crisis. He's not been caught off guard. Uh, God's not in a pause mode or situation whatsoever. And I think we need to hear that because if that's the case, and it is, that means that the church is still meant to be advancing and moving forward and taking territory from the enemy right now. Let me also say this, that you and your life and in the plan that God has for you are not meant to be on pause. You're not meant to be on hold. This isn't a time where you're sitting on the sidelines waiting for things to pick back up and you re-engage with living your destiny and your calling once again. You are very much meant to continue moving forward even during the times that we are in right now with unknown, unforeseen circumstances around us. I hope that that encourages you today that God's plan for your life is still meant to be moving forward and advancing even through our present circumstances. If you were with us last week, you know that we preached a message that was a lot about grace. We talked a lot about grace. We spoke from the epistle of James. And through this last week, I really felt like the Lord was telling me that I needed to continue preaching on grace, continue talking about the grace of God, which for me was very exciting because this is a subject I love talking about. Uh, the grace of God has been something the Lord's opened up to me like a rich treasure trove that's just filled with revelation and great things for how we live our life. It's frankly just changed the way I live and the way I see so many things uh, as I study the scriptures is knowing uh, about the grace of God and what that means for me. And so the topic of today's message as we continue on this subject of grace is grace on top of grace. Okay, grace on top of grace. And so I'm going to do something this morning as I teach this. I'm going to give you three points that I'm going to present, but I want to give them to you up front so that you can track along with us uh, as we go through the, the sermon a little bit better. And I'm going to do it a little differently that they're sequential points, meaning one connects to the next and connects to the next. It's, it's like a pattern that we see through Scripture. 
and that is biblically coherent or correct. Uh, but I'm going to give these three points to you in reverse order because I feel like it makes more sense and it unpacks better if we start from the end result and work our way back to the beginning part of this process. So in that note, grace on top of grace, our three points today are this. Of course, grace, we've just talked about that. But the other two points are faith and righteousness. Now, these are three words that are very prominent all through Scripture. You'll find them again and again and again as you study the Bible. If you look at the New King James Version of the Scriptures, you'll find that the word righteous or righteousness appears over 500 times. The word grace appears almost 200 times, and the word faith appears over 200 times. So combine just these three words, these three points that we're going to talk about today uh, are cited over almost 1,100 times total in the Bible. So it's a pretty big deal. Let me say it like that. And these three points, really any preacher could take just one of them and probably preach for the next 52 weeks and never miss a beat and just keep on going without ever running out of things to say. That's how powerful these three points are. And I'm going to attempt to connect these for you today because they actually are a consistent pattern that we see. And I want you to see this because the point of the message today is that you see that your purpose, your destiny, it's not on hold that God is still going to move you forward. He's still going to move your your calling forward in your life to fulfill what he has put you on this earth to do. Might I even suggest that for some of us, perhaps we are even in a better situation. Maybe we wouldn't have chose this, but we might even be in a better situation than we were before. Seems like a lot of pleasantries and conveniences have kind of been stripped down from a lot of our lives right now. Not necessarily a bad thing. So we might be in a better position to actually see more clearly the grace of God in our life and the things that he wants to lead us into in our destiny. And so I'm believing for that today. I'm believing the Lord is going to speak to some people here this morning. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, God, for a fresh word. I pray that you would open up the ears, spiritual ears of the people listening to hear what it is that you want to say. And I pray, God, that you would give me the grace and the anointing to be able to speak and, and deliver what you've put in my heart uh, that's accurate and consistent with your Holy Scripture. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So let's take a look at the first word. Again, as we go in reverse order, the first word, righteousness. When you study the word righteousness or righteous through scripture, you'll find that it predominantly means two things. The first way that righteousness is used, it means right standing. Okay, right standing or right relationship with God. So whenever the Bible says we've been made righteous, it means that we've been brought into right standing with God. So all of us are born into the world in sin. We know that. So there's a separation between us and God. It takes the blood of Jesus to wash us clean. So that chasm or that gulf that was separating us from an intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father, the blood of Jesus washes us clean. And that chasm, that gulf is now closed. 
and we are brought into righteousness or right standing, right relationship with God. We were once a foreigner to God's family, the Bible tells us, but when we are washed clean by the blood, we are now made sons and daughters and brought into the family of God under a spirit of adoption. That's powerful to think about. But the other way that righteousness is used is right living. So when it says that we are living righteously or walking righteously, it means that we are walking in obedience to God's precepts and his word, and that we are walking in alignment, get this, with the works and the the plans that God has uniquely for each and every one of us as well. So we are living rightly uh, under righteousness, and we are in right standing with God as well. I, I love it because it uses some figurative language in the Bible to describe righteousness, and it uses language that refers to this almost like garments and clothing that God puts on us. Listen to this. Think about right standing and right living with righteousness. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 10, the prophet Isaiah is talking about uh, the works that the coming Messiah will do and what that will bring to us. And here's what he says. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. Hallelujah. The robe of righteousness that God puts on us as we are brought into right standing and right relationship with him. The Messiah Jesus is the one who brings that garment along and puts it on us. I love that. But it also says, let's think about it as right living or acts and deeds that we carry out in our life, our purpose being advanced here in this earth, right? We go to Revelation 19, where it talks about the return of Christ. And these verses that I'm going to read to you speak specifically about an event that will occur called the marriage supper of the Lamb. What that means is that when Christ returns, he is referred to as the bridegroom. And the church, all of us who've been bought into the family of God by the blood, are considered the bride of Christ. And the the groom comes for his bride and the bride is brought to him. And then that marriage is consummated into the eternal age. This is what it says in Revelation 19, verses 6 through 8. I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude and the sound of many waters as the sound of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come. And his wife has made herself ready. Again, Christ is the groom. The wife is the bride or the church. And this is a future prophetic event that will take place when Christ returns. And here we are in verse 8. It describes the bride. I want you to pay attention to the language about righteousness and about garments or clothing. To her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean, clean and bright, For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. The righteous acts of the saints. Meaning the works and the deeds that we fulfilled here in this life that God preordained for us and that we walked in. 
So the righteousness as garments is clothing we put on that brings us in right standing with God, but it's also clothing that's put on us as we live out the life, the purpose that God has created us for. Let me just say two things before we move on from righteousness. One, only God can put them on you, right? You can't put them on yourself. There's nothing you could do, no great deed you could ever accomplish that would earn you these garments. God himself is the one who puts you, puts on you and clothes you with the robe of righteousness and the garments of righteousness. But I want to also let you know that even though there are a lot of crazy things happening in this world, like for, exist, for example now with this coronavirus, that there's nothing that can do to take these garments off of you. So while all of the chaos is ensuing around us, we ought to remain steadfast, secure, and completely unthreatened in our position of righteousness, right standing with God, but also our ability, this is the key today, our ability to continue living out our purpose, our calling, as God has created us for. That this pause-like scenario in our society will not hinder, will not deter, and will not stifle the works of God being fulfilled in and through your life in these moments and in these seasons that we're in. I hope that that's speaking to somebody out there today. Everybody say, we're going to keep our garments on. Get a, get a fist bump out there, get a, a muscle sign, maybe a, a praying hands or a high five, something like that. We're going to keep our garments on. Right? We're not going to take our garments off. We're going to continue wearing the robe of righteousness even through these difficult times. So that brings me to my second point, which is the word grace. And what you have to understand is that righteousness is produced because of grace. Okay, Grace simply means God's unmerited favor. His, it's undeserving favor that God passes to us or imputes to us. Think of it as almost like a force and a power that comes into us. When that grace passes through to us, it makes us righteous. Grace is what saves us, but grace is also what empowers us to live the life God's called us to. Let's talk about those two scenarios as grace pertains to righteousness. One, you have the saving grace of God. Ephesians chapter 2 Verses 8 through 10 say this, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and not of yourselves. You see, it's the gift of God, it's not of works, lest anyone would boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So you've been saved by grace. Do you understand that? That when grace enters our life, that at that moment, something supernatural is occurring. The saving grace is whenever it enters our lives and we are born again, like the shirt, born again, right? We're made new creations in Christ. That's the saving grace of God entering into your life. I'm praying today that there's people listening to this that are hearing this message of the gospel and they're going to give their life to Christ, that the saving grace of God right now, even through the airwaves, is going to enter into their home and into their heart, and they're going to be born again. I believe that with all my heart right now. 
That's the saving grace of God. But in these verses, I love this because Paul makes this so clear emphatically in Ephesians 2 that you're not saved by works. You're absolutely not saved by deeds and works. You're saved by grace. But he goes on right after that statement to say this, that we are created in Christ Jesus for good works. Does that kind of jump out at you? Because it really jumps out at me. It tells me that we're not saved by grace, but but make sure you don't overlook the fact that you are created for good works, meaning you are created to live a life of purpose and of destiny. What you do isn't what saves you, but because you're saved, you're given the ability through grace to accomplish something significant, something supernatural, something unique and special that God's prepared you for. Hallelujah. That just speaks to me today. What's happening on the inside, what's getting stirred up on the inside is the grace of God is moving and turning in our lives. Listen, it has outward implications. It's meant to be a driving force. It it almost orients our life in a way, kind of setting our our life on course to accomplish what God's set out for us to accomplish. It's meant to have that outward implication in good works and deeds, meaning a life of purpose and destiny. What's stirred up on the inside is meant to be moved outward in our daily living. I remember when Katie and I were a little bit younger, we had just four of our six children at the time. You can imagine how fun it's been during this uh, quarantine and social distancing with six kids in the home and the two of us. Uh, There's been some interesting moments, to say the least, but it's also been a joyous occasion as well. And we've really been cherishing these moments. I hope that you are, too. But when Evie, our fourth daughter, was a little baby, she got sick and she was puking pretty regularly with this sickness that she had. And uh, we were laying in bed one night. We were just cuddling her and and holding her. And you could usually tell when she was about ready to throw up, right? The stomach would kind of start making noises and she'd kind of start looking really uncomfortable. I'm sitting there holding her and she starts kind of having one of these episodes where you can tell she's getting ready to throw up. But for whatever reason, I don't know why, I, I just kind of froze and panicked. And I didn't, I froze up. I didn't, I should have just picked her up and ran into the bathroom. But instead I just, I kind of stood there and I'm looking, I'm trying to figure out what to do. Katie's like, what are you doing? You you know, try to, and the only thing I knew to do at that moment was take my hand and just cover her mouth as if, as if I was going to keep the puke from coming out. Like I was going to push it back down in her stomach or something. That sounds ridiculous. I know he's saying this to you. It sounds strange. But I was thinking at that moment that that's what I was going to do. Well, sure enough, as soon as that started to come up, it was like a force, like a geyser, like pressure that no matter how much my hand was trying to hold it back, it just started spraying out the sides of my hand, got all over me, got all over Evie, got all over Katie, got all over the bed sheets and everything, made a mess of things. You can just picture that in your mind right now. And, uh, And so my point of that is, When something is happening deep down on the inside that's getting stirred up, like the grace of God moving in your life will do, that no matter what is going on around you, no matter what any external circumstance or force tries to do to keep it back, when the grace of God is erupting and flowing in your life, it's going to explode out into the life you're living, and it will not be denied. It will move forward. 
And you know what? If anybody gets in the way, it's just going to get all over them too. No, I'm not so sure that's true. But anyway, you get my point. The grace of God is just unbelievable. So we have the saving grace, but we also see that grace empowers us to live rightly. So the same grace that saves our soul, if you can have faith to be saved, and you can have faith for the same grace to empower you to live the life God's called you to. Listen to this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. I'm going to read this to you in the Passion Translation because I like the way this reads uh, a little bit better. It says, God's amazing grace has made me who I am, and his grace to me was not fruitless. In fact, I worked harder than all the rest, yet not in my own strength, but God's, for his empowering grace is being poured out upon me. Wow. This is what Paul is saying, basically. He's saying it's only because of the grace of God that I am who I am, meaning a born-again child of God, right? Only because of the grace of God that I am who I am. But he, he says in the same dialogue here, the same discourse, he says, but I, it's also that same grace that has allowed me or empowered me to do what I've done, all the ministry, all the preaching, all the traveling and the works that God's accomplished through me, just been the grace of God as well. Can you make that connection right now in your own life that it's only because of the grace of God that you can be saved and brought into relationship with God, but it's also only because of his grace that you could ever fulfill your destiny, that you could ever live a life of purpose, live righteously in obedience and faithfulness to him. Let me tell you something. It takes the grace of God to activate the supernatural gifts in your life. It takes the grace of God to have the wisdom and discernment to know how to navigate the course and the direction and path that God is laying out for you, the steps that he's preordained for you. And it takes the grace of God to run sin and the temptation of sin out of your life as well. You can't do that on your own. You can't do that in your own strength, but praise God, his grace, which is abundantly available to us all, is like a river flowing all the time that never runs dry, and it will produce that result in your life, living righteously, the life that God's called you to. Which brings me to my final point, which is faith. Again, I remind you that these all connect, right? Righteousness is accomplished. It happens when grace passes through to us in our lives. But grace, get this, comes to us when our faith is activated. You see, think of grace like it's, the Bible says where sin abounds, grace does abound much more. Grace wins every time. And grace is flowing all around us. It's just abundantly available. God says that he'll give us an abundance of grace for every work that he's called us to. So every work that he wants to do through you, guess what? You need his grace for it and it's abundantly available. But here's the key. You have to have faith before that grace can pass through to you in your life. You say, oh, I'm not so sure about that, Pastor. Listen, let's go back to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. We read those a few moments ago. It says, you're saved by grace through faith, not of works lest anyone should boast. Through faith. You see, you're saved by the grace of God, but your faith, precedes the passing, the, the 
imputing of the grace into your life. You have to have faith to be saved for the grace of God to save your soul. You have to have faith for that. You also have to have faith for God's promises and the things he says about who you are and what he has planned for you. You have to have faith in that for the empowering grace of God to enter into your life so that you can accomplish what he's put you on this earth to do. Grace abounds and is super abundant in our life, but it takes faith to activate it. So if grace is dynamite, let's say, like power, explosive power and force God's favor in our life. If grace is like dynamite, then faith is the fuse. Faith is what activates the grace of God in our lives. And I want to pray today that your faith would be encouraged, that your faith would be built up and strengthened in these moments and times that we're going through. Yes, there may be many things about our lives that are on hold, many things that are kind of on pause, some probably for the better for many of us right now. But please let me assure you that the plans of God for your life have not been on hold, put on hold in the slightest bit. In fact, the last I checked, the sun is still rising in the morning and setting in the evening. The ocean waves still know their limits and their boundaries and they stick to them. The stars and planets are still lighting up the night sky. God is still on his throne. Death and the grave have still been defeated. And the children of God are still called blessed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You have faith for that today. Because if you do and have faith in an all-powerful God, then I believe that your faith can activate the grace of God to flow into your life to continue accomplishing everything it is that he wants to accomplish in and through you. There'll be great and mighty things that come to pass in the weeks and months ahead. I truly believe that. The body of Christ is continuing to advance and your purpose and destiny is meant to continue moving forward as well. I pray today, if you're hearing this message and you say, Pastor, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I'm hearing this message and my faith is rising up. I, I believe that this Jesus is the Son of God and that he suffered and died for my sins and that that is the only way that I can have access into heaven and eternal life. You say, that's me, Pastor. I need I want to give my life to Christ today. Or maybe you've walked away from him and you want to come back to a place where you're walking closely with God, where you know the super abundant grace of God surrounding you every single day that abounds in your life. And your faith is getting activated to, to release that grace now in your walk with him again. I just want to invite you to pray with us today and then connect with us afterwards. God's ready to meet you right now where you are. He's not limited by distance, by proximity. If your heart is open and you're ready to receive him, uh, God will do something right now in your life that will change you forever. You say, Father God, I believe that Jesus is my Lord. He's my Savior. He is who he said he was. He's your son. He suffered and died for me so that I could be saved. I turn away from the life I've known, and I turn entirely to you, God. Please 
Send your Holy Spirit to live on the inside of me. Strengthen me and grow me up. Build up my faith. Help me to become the person that you've created me to be. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Listen, if your faith was there for that today, then grace was released in your life and you were made righteous, white as snow. The Bible tells us that our righteousness is like filthy rags, but his blood washes us clean and forgives our sin as far as the east is from the west. I pray that God would continue to minister to you, encourage you, and lead you down the path that he's prepared for you from this point on. We'd love to connect with you and just touch base and continue to help you moving forward in this journey that you're on. May God bless you and keep you. May his countenance rise upon you. May he be gracious to you and may he give you peace. Again, thank you so much for tuning in with us today. I hope that you were encouraged and blessed by this sermon. And just remember that the grace of God is moving and it's flowing and your destiny is not on hold. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon.